Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Oh, praise the Lord. The holy days are over, and we're in holy lifestyle now. Um, I'm thankful that it's Pastor Appreciation Sunday, because I have to apologize in advance, because I think you'll need a little extra grace for me today. Uh, In fact, as I was praying, as I always do, and I'm, I'm, Lord, I I don't want to get up here without a word from you, and the word I was getting, I'm like, nah, (laughs) that doesn't seem like it would be a great thing to talk about in church. (laughs) Uh, And so... I, I just kept praying. I just want to be obedient to the Lord. So forgive me in advance if that's, you know, pastor appreciation today. You know, just extend your grace in ten times fold. Uh, because I need to talk today about our bowels. I know. I'm like, not in church. Like, I wish we don't talk. All right. The bowels, it's your intestinal tract, the digestive system. And I, prom- I can promise you this. This is in the Word of God, okay? It's the Bible. I'm not just make, grabbing something and coming up with a great illustration because, hey, let's talk about the bowels. No. It's in the Word, so, uh, so just give some grace. Lean in. You'll see it there, and hopefully, I, I, well, I know you'll be blessed if you receive the Word of God today uh, with a heart of expectation and grace. So, so I'm just going to read to you in the Scripture where I found it, and hopefully you will be moved by <laughs> Sorry, that's my last potty joke. I won't do anymore. Some of you are rolling your eyes, and I'm with you. If you're with me too much, you will roll your eyes more often. Amen, honey? She laughs at my jokes. It only took 20 years. So So I'm just going to go ahead and read, and let me set this up for you. It's going to be Jesus talking, uh, and it's a story that if you've been to church for any amount of time, you've probably heard this one many times, Uh, but... but, uh, the, he's talking to an expert in religious law. Uh, some of us would consider ourselves experts at the Bible. And, uh, and so here's this guy. He, he's an expert in the law, which means he had it memorized. He had the, the, the Torah memorized. If you're an expert, you knew the ins and outs, the do's and the don'ts, all of the Levitical laws, like expert. And I get to those and sometimes I'm like, oh, really? Uh, and I, I, you know, but so this guy's an expert. And, uh, and he comes to Jesus. Now, Jesus has been teaching, and he asks him this question. Uh, Rabbi, teacher, what is the greatest of all the commandments? Now, he knew all of them. He knew every single one. Uh, the weird ones that we would never talk about in church. And the good, like, there's a lot of them. Read the Old Testament and, have, and be blessed. Uh, and, and, and Jesus turns it on him, and he just says this. So he's like, the, the, the expert in the law says, what is the what is the greatest of all the laws and jesus looks at him and he says well how do you read it essentially you're the expert what do you think and 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 he pulls out something that's actually in the law and and uh, he says well uh, love the lord your god with all your heart and uh, love your neighbor as yourself and jesus says nailed it he's well i'm using my phrasing he says that's exactly right do this, he says, and you will live. The expert in the religious law. You know, if you're an expert in something, when somebody tries to simplify things for you, it's not much. Sometimes you get a little annoyed. Well, it's so much more complex than that, don't you know? And Jesus is like, just do those things and you're going to be good. You will live. 
Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So the expert, the, the professional guy in the law, he leans in and he's like, well, who's my neighbor? And so Jesus, in typical fashion, does not answer his question directly. He tells him a story. And in this story, we're going to lean into today, and, and you probably heard it, it's the story of, we call it, the story of the good Samaritan, as opposed to all the bad Samaritans. <laughs> So this is the story Jesus tells in response to this expert's question. It says this. I'm reading out of Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. I'm in the New Living Translation today, if you were wondering. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Now, I want to press pause there for a second, because as I read this, my heart identified way too strongly with those two guys. Because I, I, I as of late, honestly, have been overwhelmed with the need and the amount of depravity and all of that, and my instinct is to cross to the other side of the road. And so I'm like, I'm already like, oh Lord, I've read this a hundred times, but it's still, it's still hurting me. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now Jesus looks back at the expert of the religious law, and he says this. Now, which of these three would you say was the man's neighbor? Which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes. Now go and do the same. Okay, so as I was reading this, as I mentioned, I was identifying far too strongly with the two guys that quickly crossed the road and, and avoided the moment of uh, inconvenience. I was looking at this Samaritan and and then there was a key word there that caught my eye, and it was this word, he was filled with compassion. This is the word that I want to look at today, and this is where, forgive me, the bowels are going to show up. This word, compassion. The word there, in the Greek, is splachnisomai. Splachnisomai, say that three times. Splachnisomai, it sounds Klingon to me, but it's, it's Greek. And here is, I, I'm putting the definition up here so you don't think I'm just making this up. Here's the definition of splachnisomai. To be moved as to one's bowels. Hence, to be moved with compassion. To have compassion. To be moved as to one's bowels. In fact, the word splachnisomai comes from the word splachnon, which is bowels. It literally means bowels. So you take this word bowels and you add splachnisomai and it becomes compassion. 
Back then, just so you're aware, the seat of love and compassion, was, was they believed it was in the bowels. <laughs> Next time, you, on your anniversary, say, honey, I love you with all my bowels. Like, we, we switched it to the heart, because that seems a little easier to swallow. I love you with all of my bowels. But here's the idea. Now, everybody pay attention. If you can get over the crudeness of this, again, I'm going to try my best not to be crude in this. But, but if you can get over the crudeness of it, the idea is this. Just as a healthy human being it is, has regular bowel movements, so a healthy Christian has regular movements of compassion. In fact, as a healthy human, your bowels are some of the first things that tell you something is wrong. Right? Whether it's uh, too much movement or the back, backing up of the movement, the constipation. Something is wrong. And your body is telling you, hey, there's something wrong here. Just like that, folks. Our compassion, the, the Lord is trying... If, if how long has it been since you have been moved to compassion over somebody or something? If it's been a minute, there might be a backing up of the system that the Lord wants to give you a spiritual flush today and re-loose some compassion in your life. This word splachnisomai is used, and every time in Scripture, minus two, there were two times it wasn't used, but every time in Scripture uh, it was used to describe Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was moved with splachnisomai when he saw the blind man. He was moved with compassion when he saw the leper. He was moved with compassion when he saw the multitude that had no food. He was moved with compassion when he saw his fellow Israelites without a shepherd. He was moved with compassion when he walked up and he saw that dead girl and something moved inside of him. He was moved with compassion when he saw the, demon, the, the child who was demon-possessed kept throwing himself into the fire. The Bible says he was moved with splachnisomai. When he saw the Samaritan at the well, it wasn't just a, hey, let's have a conversation. It was a, I was moved with compassion. Shlachnisamai, Jesus Christ. And every single time Jesus was moved with shlachnisamai, a miracle occurred. I want to submit to you today. I can't say this 100% of the time, but I, 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 would, I would submit to you that when your heart in, in Christ's love is moved in splachnisomai and compassion, the Lord wants to do something miraculous. Like you see that person and there's this overwhelming supernatural, not just I feel bad for them, it's like, oh, I'm moved with compassion. That's like the Holy Spirit saying, X marks the spot. And he's inviting you to not just shove that, that compassion down so that you get constipated with it, but to move with the Spirit on a regular basis. I believe the Lord wants to re-regulate some of our bowels of compassion today. Re we, have been, we, live in a, we live in a culture, that, oh my goodness, am I the only one that it's like a fire hose of things I'm supposed to be compassionate about? And the result can easily be, I will feel compassionate about nothing. Or, 
I get so, I, I'm, I'm running around like, like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to be compassionate over everything that, that, that I see. Either way, it's unhealthy. The Lord wants to give us a new, a new healthy digestive system and compassion today if you will receive it. Because church, this is, this is the truth. Constipation in the natural can actually kill you. If you do not have regular movements through your system, you will eventually die. Because your body was meant to, to move in that way. If compassion is missing in your life, it is a warning sign to you saying there's something wrong and it's time to seek the doctor of the Lord Jesus Christ. We would call it, your heart has become hard. In the natural, there's a number of things that cause constipation. Again, I apologize for using these terms. Number one thing that causes constipation is not eating the right foods. I don't, have a, I don't have a balanced diet. I'm eating way too much of one thing. Or, or I'm just not eating anything. I'm not eating enough. If I'm, not eating, if I'm eating too much garbage, if I'm eating not enough, or I'll tell you, this is with <laughs> after my 40-day fast, there was a bit of a backup that I had to take care of because my body stopped processing food. And the first thing I did, oh, I'm going to have a hamburger and fries and a milkshake. And <laughs> my body's like, I don't know what to do with all this. If you stop eating of the word of God, I'm telling you, you are, you are on a trail that's going to lead to a backup that's not healthy and it can kill you. Not, here's another one. I love, if you were here last week, the other thing that will cause you to be backed up physically is to not drink enough water. Do you know not, not, not in being, in the, being filled with the Holy Spirit will spiritually back you up? Who is the water of life that we talked about? It was the Holy Spirit. Well, we need to be filled with the Spirit. Daily. you got to drink daily from the Word, from the Holy Spirit. And again, apologizing for sounding crude, but the other thing that will cause a constipation in the physical is ignoring the urge to go. I just got too busy and I forgot. I didn't listen to what my body was saying. <laughs> oh. I ignored that moment. It can lead to a backup, what we call constipation, because you missed your chance. You know, it, it's no surprise. Right after Jesus talked to this expert in the law, the very next thing we get is Mary and Martha. And, and Jesus is in Martha's house, and she is busily getting everything ready. She's doing everything she thinks she needs to do to make the place hospitable, to make sure Jesus has all of it. And, you know, I know some of you ladies are like, Jesus was wrong on this one. Martha, any, any Marthas out there, you're like, you feel bad for Martha. But here's, here's the situation. <laughs> Mary and Martha, Mary's sitting there at the feet of Jesus, and she's like this, just sucking in everything he says. Oh, this is amazing. Martha, and here's how I picture it. Martha's in the kitchen. She's making, she keeps looking at Mary, and she's, oh, she's fuming, slamming the cupboard doors, right? 
I don't know if they had cupboards back then or not, but, but honestly, this is what she's doing. Finally, she's had enough. And she marches into the living room where Jesus is, is sharing and talking and Martha's sitting there like this. And he's, she, she says to Jesus, Jesus, aren't you going to do anything about Martha or Mary here? I've been working and slaving away to make sure all that, and all she's done is sit there and done nothing. Martha has had enough. Jesus answers. He says, Karen, I mean Martha. Sorry, that was uncalled for. If you didn't get the reference, we, do, we love Karen here. Jesus answers, Martha, Martha. The Lord, okay, let's bring it in. We're going to go into the word here. Jesus answers. This is in Luke chapter 10. This is right after. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried about many things. When I read this this morning, when I read this this morning, I'm telling you, this is a prophetic word for somebody here. You are worried about many things, but few things are needed. This is Jesus' word. You're worried about so many things, but then you realize only a few things are needed. In fact, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. I want you... <laughs> We live in a fire hose of things to be, be compassionate about. And Jesus would look at you and say, you're worried about all these things. But, but only actually a few matter. In fact, only one. Look at me, everybody. You're not the savior of this world. You're not the savior of this community. You're not even the savior of your own family. We have a savior. He can deal with the fire hose of problems in this world. But if we're Martha's, we tend to think, I gotta, I gotta solve this, and I gotta solve this. And, and meanwhile, what we're not doing is saying, Jesus, what do you want me to help you with? And I'll tell you, more often than not, it's just the one thing. Oh, you know what, you can handle this. <laughs> like, I know with me, like, like my, I, I, when I start to look at everything, I get so overwhelmed. But the Lord's like, hey, can you handle just one? Here's the one thing. But I only get that if I listen to him. What was the one thing that, that Jesus would not deprive Mary of? And it was, it was listening to Jesus. In your compassion, in your busyness, in your overwhelmed with the world, have you just forgotten to stop and listen to Jesus? Because he's going to sort out what is yours to step into, which anointing is yours, which isn't yours, which is a great cause, but it's not for you. Not every cause is your cause. But he has created you for such a time as this. What time is that? You only find the answer at his feet. Not on, not on, the, not on the news. Not, not talking to your friend. Not anywhere else, but at his feet. In the word. In the presence. And in those. Like when I'm there, he always sorts out my priorities and highlights the one thing. The, we call it the daily bread. You're trying to eat tomorrow's bread. You're all backed up because you're eating next week's bread. You're stuffed. You're eating the wrong stuff. The right healthy food is today's bread. And that's what Mary was doing. You're worried about many things. But few things are needed. I 
I'm way behind here. We live, in a, we live in a society where every year, every other year, every four years, we get so amped up about politics. We're heading into that season. Praise Jesus. Listen, I, I have opinions, of, and, I'm gonna, and I want you to vote, folks. Like, we live in, we, what is our, we have a right as citizens of the United States to vote. So do it. And do it as best you can on what you feel the Lord leading you to do. We have voter registration forms in the back. That's how we, we believe in it. But we live in a political system where, where what it has turned into is we demonize humans on the other side. That's a sin. We live in a system where our two, our two politicians, how do they get elected? I demonize you, you demonize me, and we pick the, the better demon. That is ungodly. It is a sin. Our battle is never against flesh and blood. So the minute you hold up the other party as the demon party, you've entered into a realm that is not of the spirit. It is of a spirit, but not the spirit. Be careful of extreme partisan politics. That's Martha politics. Jesus wants you to come sit at his feet. Lord, who who is it you want me to vote for? And by saying that, he's not saying because that person's, the other person's a demon. And this is who's on my heart. Listen for his voice. Listen for his voice. In fact, I have a quote for you from George Washington, who hated the political, he hated two political systems. He, he was against it, a party system. He said this in his farewell address. The spirit of party, talking about political party, serves always to distract and uh, the public councils and enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms. It kindles animosity of one party against another. There you go. You can't take Jesus' word for it. <laughs> take George Washington's. I love my country. That's not what I'm saying. That's not even my point today. But what, what the agendas on the political sides, they're trying to get you to suck in the, their, what they're trying to give you is a false compassion. It's a, it's a bad diet. And it will back you up, or it'll do the opposite. It will give you, like, diarrhea. Both of these things will kill you. The Lord wants to give you a healthy digestive tract of compassion today. You, also, you, you know you're eating false, the, the world keeps wanting to give us false compassion. One of the key ways to know if you're eating false compassion is there's always an enemy in your sto- the story you tell. The narration of your life, well then this happened to me. And the reason I'm in this because so and so. That's not, that's not compassion. You've, we've created enemies on every, every turn because we think that's, that your struggle is not against flesh and blood. That kind of diet will kill you. So that when the Lord really wants to move you with compassion over something he wants to do, you're so fed up or you're so backed up, you just don't hear it. Another way we try to stop our compassion is is we try to stop all the pain in everybody's lives. It was mentioned here twice today, and I don't think it's... it's, it's, uh, Pastor John, Pastor Dan both mentioned this thing called leprosy. Leprosy was, is a disease that destroys your nerves so you can't feel anything. And that's why you're chopping, you chop your finger off, you don't even know it. It's leprosy. 
You realize pain was, is, is, is a signal to us. I can't shield everybody from the pain that they're experiencing. Unless I'm causing it, I can, I can do something there. The Lord's not asking you to solve everybody's pain. Your kids, you know, health, it's okay for your kids to feel some pain. And, oh, I got to do chores? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'll come alongside you and I'll, I'll watch, I'll clean my room. Now you do yours. <laughs> Leprosy, we're not trying to get rid of pain altogether. We're trying to point people to Jesus. All right, I need to move on. So what do I do? How do I live in this world when I'm supposed to be filled with compassion? It's godly. It's what Jesus said to do. I got to take it to Jesus. And I got to take it to the word because it is impossible for the Bible, the word of God to return void. Impossible. You will, you, it is impossible for you to actually read the word and not to do something healthy in your life. Well, I didn't feel anything. Read it anyway. It's doing good. You get points for trying. <laughs> it's not about points. You can do the one, I want you to do the one thing that the Lord is calling you to do. There was a, two more stories and I'll be done. During World War II, there was a, a Nazi intelligence officer. He was a war hero, and he found himself in, in the middle, of, in the important parts of the Nazi party. His name was Baron Alexis von Rohn. Baron Alexis, his, his job was to take the intelligence and determine if it's true and then pass it on to Adolf Hitler. He caught wind of what was happening to the Jews, and he, he, he was so devastated about the atrocities because he was a Christian. And he says, all of this goes against what, G what I know Jesus to be. And he found himself in this unique position. Now, he didn't just storm the castle and start assassinating everybody, which is probably what he felt like doing. But he did the one thing that was before him for such a time as this. He would take every piece of intelligence. In fact, D-Day never could have been a success that it was if it wasn't for Baron Von Rohn. Because he took all the false information, that the, the U.S. And, the, and they were trying to put out this false information, and he passed it on and he said, this is true and legit information. And as a result, they weren't as prepared. And so, at the, at the end of the, toward the end of the war, he got found out, of course, and uh, he, got, he got executed by the Nazis. But he says this, uh, he, as he was declaring that the Nazi policies were, policies were against Christian values, he said this, Final words. In a moment now, I shall be going home to our Lord in complete and calm and certainty of salvation. He didn't fix the war. He didn't solve the war. But he did the one thing that he felt that the Lord highlighted to him. You have been placed as, as Queen Esther in this world in your unique spot for such a time as this. What is the, like, I'm not asking you to solve all the problems of the world. You probably can't go solve what's happening in the Ukraine. You can pray about all these things. You can't, you can't single-handedly solve the homeless crisis. You can't single-handedly. You can't. But if you sit at the feet of Jesus, you're like, Lord, what's the one thing I'm being asked to do? Pastor John and I went to a, a meeting last week um, dealing with abortion. Uh, John and Angela had gone to a conference and, and we were in discussion, you know, how can we be a part of the solution, right? We can't just be against abortion. Uh, we have to be for something. Um, and and that, whole, that whole thing, it's like so overwhelming because there's so many things in the story. But the, it's like the Lord is saying, what is, what is one small thing you can do? 
And so you'll be hearing more about this, but in the weeks to come, we're talking about becoming a house of refuge for, for those in those crisis moments where we can love, support just the one in their moment and how we can love and do what Jesus is. We can't solve it all, but we can, we can do the one. I'm out of time. I've got a lot more I'd like to say, but uh, if you'll stand with me. We've been called to be a people of compassion. If I'm all backed up because I'm running after the wrong stuff, I'm not going to hear the call. If I've run after every little thing and I'm so unhealthy because of it, I'm not going to hear the one call. So if you bow your heads, I just want to pray a re-flushing of your system. <laughs> if you've been backed up in compassion, the Lord right now wants to perform a miracle. Or if you've been running after every cause and you just feel like nothing's able to happen and you just need the Lord to heal that digestive system of compassion in you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus over everybody here that they would be Marthas that would sit at your feet and receive healing because what's the most important thing is what you're saying right now to them. Not what the talking heads or everybody else is saying. What are you saying? Father, we receive your healing. And right now I ask you, Father, that you would restore unto your church a heart of compassion. That we would move with you as you move us in your spirit. That we wouldn't, we wouldn't just pack everything up to not our problem, not our issue. We also wouldn't be the people like, yes, my problem, everything's my problem. But Father, we would be the ones that sat at your feet and say, is this a problem? And as we are moved with compassion, we would do the one thing you set before us that we can do. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I challenge you guys, like, I, I, my prayer for you is that, like, as, as you leave this week, there will be one thing that you feel moved with compassion by the Lord. And, and, and so I've been praying that over you. I pray it now. And I would invite you and encourage you that one thing. Don't, like, don't make it up. But if, when you feel the Holy Spirit move you with compassion, don't shove it down. Go and do one, the one thing that you can do with Jesus for that person or that group, whatever it is, okay? Uh, we are going to be officially done here today. I'd like my, the pastoral staff to come up to the front, and before you leave, if you wouldn't mind just stopping and praying for one or two uh, of our, your pastoral staff as a blessing as you go, um, you are officially dismissed. Jacob, you just hit Pandora and hit some song, music, so you are dismissed, by the way. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.